Welcome to I Hear Design, an INS podcast series. My name is Adrienne Schley, your host, as well as associate editor for INS. Today's episode is brought to you in partnership by our friends at Altro. For over 100 years, Altro has continued to create innovative, human-centered flooring solutions within the built environment, and particularly within healthcare environments, from large hospitals to senior care living homes and basically everything in between. These types of spaces need long-standing solutions that take hygiene, safety, and performance seriously, something today's guest knows all about. Joining me for today's episode is returning guest Susan Drew. She is the market segment manager for senior living and behavioral mental health for Altro Americas. Susan, it is great to have you back for another episode and thank you for joining us yet again. Thanks, Adrian. It's nice to be back. It's hard to believe it's almost two years since we talked last. I know. I think we were just chatting earlier about how we um, were celebrating your guys' 100th anniversary, and here we are again. So it's great to dive into a more specific topic today. Of course, we want, you know, I know, Susan, you work in a very specific field within Altro, senior mm -hmm. living and behavioral mental health. So let's definitely dive into that today. Um, I know for you, not only do you need to understand your knowledge of Altro products and flooring, you also need to know health-related knowledge as well. Um, so something I would like to learn more about specifically is dementia friendly materials. You know, I know there's obviously many specific healthcare sectors, um, but let's dive into that one today for today's episode. Can you start off by helping define what is dementia? You know, I know it can often get confused with Alzheimer's, for example. So for listeners, let's just clarify to get us started. No, that's a great idea. It's also a real crossover between behavioral mental health and senior care, um, you know, because dementia is the loss of cognitive function, that the things we think of thinking, remembering, reasoning, even visual perception and communication. And it is caused by a number of diseases of the brain, not just Alzheimer's, also things like Lewy body, vascular dementia, um, even a stroke or a head injury. And by the age of 90, more than 30% of our population will suffer from some type of dementia. Although it's, and this is interesting, although dementia has been associated with aging, um, well, more than 10% of those living with dementia are under 40. So it's not just age-related, but it's predominantly age-related. And Alzheimer's does account for two-thirds of these cases, which maybe is what um, accounts for some of the confusion. Um, and sadly, that currently there's no prevention and there is no cure for dementia. And of course, um, those statistics are staggering when you just lay them out like that. I mean, those percentages are quite high. I'm sure people listening can definitely think of someone who's been affected by this, whether in their personal life or friends mm -hmm. or coworkers. Um, and of course, later on, and we want to talk about products that can help within these spaces that relate to this kind of care. But why should, you know, when for designers who are focused on human-centered design, what should they know about dementia when they begin these projects and specifying materials that are friendly for these kinds of environments? You know, I think dementia affects each person in a different way. You've probably heard that saying, when you've met one person with dementia, you've met one person with dementia. Um, you know, it's largely because each, you know, we're each individuals and, and depending on the impact of the disease, as well as the person's personality before they became ill, the signs and the symptoms can be very individual. So it's hard to generalize, but basically there's, there's three stages to the disease. And although many of the 
for principles, sorry, I can't talk. Principles for designing with dementia will apply to any home for persons living with dementia at any stage in the disease, whether they're still living in their traditional home. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to focus on, I, you know, and we do focus on finishes for middle stage or late stage, as this is typically where we see the move into a care community um, with at least some care, but often 24-7 care. Because the early stages, the they're, they're so, the symptoms are so subtle, they're often overlooked. It's only in the middle stage that we start to see the progressing, the signs and symptoms becoming more clear and, and more restricting um, memory issues. And then in the late stage is where we see um, almost total in our total dependence and sometimes inactivity, memory disturbances are much more serious and, and the physical signs and symptoms are much more obvious. And this is what we often hear of people becoming unaware of time and place, having difficulty recognizing relatives and friends. They could even have trouble walking and, and often behavior changes start to escalate and it's probably due to anxiety and difficulty in communicating and can even involve aggression. Um, we've done a lot of work with the Dementia Services Development Center at Sterling University. They've actually certified many of our product lines as dementia friendly. And what they say is the experience of dementia just undermines the person's sense of who they are and the ways in which they make sense of the world. So I think understanding that is really important for designers. Yeah, and I think um, it also just goes to show that we need to create these safe and welcoming environments that respond to people's needs when, you know, they're, I guess when they're, they have these different stages, like you said, sorry, mm -hmm. I'm losing my words too, but um, it's just interesting, you know, like you said, you can't always generalize. Sometimes these are case by case scenarios. So creating the best healthcare environment sounds challenging, honestly. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, but I think that there are some overriding principles that we can look at when, when wanting to do that. And, you know, why is it important to specify dementia friendly floors and walls? You know, I think the biggest thing is because for decades, I think we got it wrong. I think, you know, we knew as the disease progressed that, that residents were going to find it harder and harder, harder to interpret the environment. And we we're going to see this confusion and stress and anxiety. And we thought that if we could just put people living with dementia into as safe an environment as possible, that, that we were doing the right thing. We were doing the right thing by prolonging their life. And so we, we designed facilities that were more about control and efficiency. We ended up with front entryways that look like security desks and hallways that were built for transportation and, and large communal dining rooms that were built for the sole purpose of refueling um, the residents when they should be built for connection and companionship. And you know we don't want to just be prolonging life for the sake of prolonging life, we want to enrich life. And the DSDC actually says that the, the built environment doesn't just house our physical bodies, but also makes space for our life stories. And I love that. And they, they say, if we strip people of that, we take away their humanity. And we can use the built environment to help residents maintain independence, reinforce orientation, and enhance confidence by using dementia-friendly floors and walls. They're a big component of this. And I think people are now wanting to create these environments that you just described. Um, like you said, we might've been getting it wrong, but I think a lot of people are now wanting and trying to get it right. They are, yeah. yeah. So going with that in mind, um, you know, the healthcare industry is, it's changed rapidly, obviously in the past year for, you know, besides the pandemic, but 
some certain trends were taking place before then. Um, is especially when it comes to senior living care, you know, dementia-friendly care, what are the key performance characteristics that a designer should consider when they're specifying materials for a memory care community? Yeah, specifying finishes can never be done from a single dimension. You know, materials must be chosen based on things like performance, durability, and aesthetics. Designs have to promote wellness, as we talked about, but still remember, do we need to ensure safety and security? It's really about balancing these. We can't go from one end of the spectrum to the other. You know, at Ultra, we use the term fit for purpose because when we engineer our products, we think beyond the product itself. We think about what is the underlying human need and we think about the solutions that can enhance people's emotional and physical well-being in the spaces they occupy, as well as the, the performance. And given the nature of the cognitive issues that persons living with dementia have, you know, sometimes the best place for the residents isn't a community that's safe and separate from the threats of the world, but is also designed to, as we talked about earlier, to enrich life you know, we want to have their life have dignity and humanity. Mm -hmm. and, and just be involved with their environment, not just living in it. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. Well, you know, Susan, can you just give me, if you want to sum it up for our listeners, what would be your top considerations that designers should keep in mind when creating these kinds of spaces? And when we talk about floors and wall cladding specifically, in the building may probably see the most abuse and they but they also have a huge impact on the ability for a space to find that balance between wellness and safety if i had to pick the top five i don't know if i can get it down to five maybe <laughs> six um, from our time working with dementia services development center as well as many really knowledgeable designers in this industry that have worked with us i would say probably durability safety color pattern contrast and I would probably tack on acoustic absorption because it's really important you know the first two focus on on sort of the performance and installation of the material itself which are hugely important but often overlooked that durability factor you know floors and walls have to stand up to the pressures in these spaces there's a lot of walking aids and wheelchairs and and they need to be highly impact resistant we have to think about hygiene, you know, chemical resistance and water resistance because we have not only wet areas, but we have a wet cleaning methods a lot in those spaces. Um, and, you know, considering this durability, water resistance, do you have any favorite products that come to mind when you're taking these characteristics into consideration? You know, in residential areas, probably the two most popular products we have is our Ultra Aquarius, which is designed for ensuite bathrooms. So it's um, slip resistant for both the care provider as, and, and is comfortable under the barefoot of a resident. So it's designed for both purposes. And it can go basically from the, the door of the three-piece ensuite bath right throughout the entire space. So you don't have to have a transition into the shower, which can create a tripping hazard for most residents. And then transitioning to our ultra woods for things like uh, residence rooms and corridors and gathering areas. It's really a beautiful line and it has different thicknesses. So we can also have acoustic absorption in that line as well. Right. And acoustics has become so important. Um, I know you also mentioned color and contrast. What might be some of your favorite products that bring about, you know, great design within a space too? Well, it's, that's the same thing. It's, you know, really our, our ultra woods line, our ultra orchestra line, you know, it's, color and pattern are so important um, and they have very um, 
a good array of colors. Um, we can also put pops of color in with other things other than floors and walls um, in, in fabrics. And using more saturated colors really helps um, for the aging eye. And we wanna use it to aid in orientation and wayfinding. We also wanna make sure patterns are very low contrast and small scale. So we don't want something that um, a person living with dementia is going to think might um, be um, snakes or bugs or holes in the floor. You know, what we see is an interesting high contrast pattern they see in that way. Their mind says danger and the body responds with that increase in anxiety and disorientation. Mm -hmm. So we want to avoid patterns that are distracting and disorientating. We want very small patterns or very large low contrast patterns because um, we, we do want to have some texture and some interest, but we just need to keep it simple and subtle. And we want to make sure everything has a matte finish, no glare. Right. It is just amazing how the brain works and what can trigger it in certain ways. And, you know, it just goes to show that everything within a space matters, especially the flooring, something you're going to be on all day long. So... Oh, exactly. And that's why contrast is actually probably even a more important factor than color and pattern. Because when we are considering how we differentiate between areas, especially with those age-related declines in visual acuity, it's actually the amount of light reflected from the surface that's the main factor in a person's ability to identify different surfaces, like floors and walls and steps and, and handrails. And every material has a light reflective value. Uh, and it's on a scale from one to 100, with one being dark and 100 being very light. And um, you know, even the FGI has specific requirements around 30 points variance between floors and walls. But we also wanna think about flooring that's laid adjacent to each other. So say you have a, an acoustic floor that's three millimeters, 2.85 thick, and then a non-acoustic that's two, and they come together, that's pretty close in height um, so what you want to do is make sure that those two materials don't have too much of a difference in LRV. We usually recommend less than 10 points in LRV because otherwise it creates that appearance of a step because our brain has been trained our, our whole lives. It, a, a big difference in contrast means a difference in elevation. So we'll think that there's a step there. Um, it could cause high staffing or it could even cause cliffing, which means there's a, they, um, the person living with dementia doesn't even want to move forward because they think they're going to fall off a cliff. Oh my goodness. That's just it's, it's huge. Yeah. It's, it's huge what you have to think about when you're selecting your colorways. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, Ultra, you guys got a hundred years plus behind you. So you guys know what you're doing at this point. <laughs> And when well, we have a whole portfolio of products, and I always say that that's why it's the fit for purpose, because when we talk about safety, you know, we want to make sure that we have the appropriate slip resistance. And, you know, Susan, uh, safety and security are so important in these environments, of course, but you it's also can be a challenge to, you know, balance them with aesthetics and overall well-being. Just talk to me a little bit more about safety and security and how we create it within these spaces. Absolutely. You know, safety, it really goes beyond just slip resistance. Uh, although slip resistance is important, it also, it's about proper detailing, transitions. It can even be around hygienic requirements. Um, slip resistance is important and putting the right product in the right place is really key. So, you know, 
you know, the flooring that we put into kitchens, our ultra stronghold 30, for example, is designed to protect staff that's moving very quickly across greasy floors. We wouldn't put that same product into a resident space. So we have to go to something that's less aggressive like the ultra Aquarius that I just talked about will still protect staff and residents, but isn't so aggressive because we want to select a product that has the appropriate level of slip resistance to smooth the product can create a slip fall but too aggressive a product can create a tripping hazard, especially for an aging resident. Same with proper detailing. We need to have flash coving in wet areas and areas with wet cleaning methods and tra transitions. They have to be less than an eighth of an inch. Otherwise they're going to create a tripping hazard. Um, and wall cladding is hugely important as well. We wanna make sure that everything is heat welded and thermal form to avoid any water ingress or infectious control concerns. And if you look at our ultra white rock portfolio, we have a variety of different aesthetics, including woods and textiles, as well as tile look visuals in our ultra tegulous. Um, these all are really, um, I'll say residential looking, but still have the performance that's required to keep everything safe and hygienic. Mm -hmm. And I know we have been talking about flooring, but I'm glad you mentioned walls again, because of course that's equally as important within the space. And the transitions between the two have to be detailed very carefully. It's yep. about the whole space, right? Yep. Well, Susan, I really appreciate you diving in deep to this. You know, I think it was extremely insightful into just how flooring can really help create an inclusive healthcare environment for, you know, specific need. Um, and I think you mentioned earlier too, and I love this, you guys are working with the Dementia Services Development Center at Sterling University. Um, I believe you said your product, a lot of your products are certified through them as well. And I know you have a Designing for Dementia CEU coming up. Tell us a little bit more about that to help wrap it up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, um, it's exciting because we've had a Designing for Aging Population CEU for about seven years now, but we're going to do a deep dive into designing specifically for dementia. And that's gonna be coming out in the next few months. Um, and um, with some work that we've done in North America, as well as the work that's been done in the UK and with the, with the um, Dementia Services Development Center. So we're really excited about that. If anyone's interested in learning um, more about designing for dementia, they can reach out to me um, at sdrew at altro.com and I can put them on a list and I will contact them as soon as the CEO is launched. But in the meantime, um, feel free to contact me directly to talk about any of our products or our fit for purpose map because it's a really great starting place for um, the, putting the right product in the right place based on evidence for dementia care communities. And I'm sure this podcast just gave a small sample of what they're going to see in the CEU. Oh, I could talk for hours about this subject. <laughs> no, you know, and I appreciate it. It was very interesting. Um, I learned a lot myself today. So for those listening, you can, of course, learn more about Ultro and its products on ultrafloors.com. You can always reach out to Susan if you have any more questions. Susan, thank you again for joining us. Oh, thank you, Adrian. Like I said, I could talk for hours about this subject. Hey, maybe we'll get you back for another one and we can do just that. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> um, you can always learn more, uh, hear more topics on our I Hear Design podcast page. Otherwise, thank you for joining us for today's episode. And we hope to have you listen in again in the near future. Mm -hmm.